Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, your Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Brock and I'm joined as ever by Steve Carroll. Afternoon, Steve. Afternoon. Well, you joined us after what was a bit of a terrible game, really, wasn't it? West Brom away at the Hawthorns on the weekend. We uh, lost that one 3-2, Steve. Um, and it's fair to say for about 70, 75 minutes of that game, it was abject, wasn't it? Oh, I was sh- uh, a shocker, really. Um, I couldn't believe how bad it was, although we were quite shapeless. We, I suppose we, it, it, ju- it just felt like a team of strangers. Uh, it was probably the best way of describing it. We, we didn't create much. We, we didn't really get forward a lot. And obviously, I suppose what you could say is the opposition didn't create a huge amount, but I mean, they scored some soft goals, didn't they? And it, it, it was a really disappointing one because I'm not saying I was expecting us to be the finished article, but. I mean, I really didn't expect us to be three 0 down in seventy minutes, and it, it was really miserable, wasn't it? I got, I got to say, like, I, I couldn't believe how poor we were. Yeah, I think what struck me more than the the scoreline was how we knew what to do with when we got the ball, and from all we've seen and read about Michael Duff, it seems as far away from Michael Duff performance as a, as perhaps a Russell Martin one would be, where you just look at it and think, well, that's clearly not what Duff. In fact, there's video evidence of Duff saying. He wants Grimes to play 15 yards further forward than he was last season, not 20 yards further back. So when we were seeing Grimes drop in even deeper than the centre-backs to pick the ball up, it says to me that, two, well, two things. First of all, the man who was doing it prior to that moment, which was obviously Ben Cabango, wasn't doing a good enough job. And we could all see, we couldn't pick a pass, everything was going out of touch, he was losing the ball. Um, probably the weakest of our ball-playing centre-halves. Uh, when you've got Dowling and Wood either side, um, I think that was a poor call by Duff, and uh, and secondly, <clears throat> that the players aren't necessarily playing to what Duff has told them to do prior to the game. I don't think for one second he set out for this game and said, "What I want is halfway to the first half, Grimes to be our deepest player," because it doesn't sound like him. It doesn't sound like anything he said to this point. No, exactly. I mean, I think the Cabango issue is quite a big one, really. I mean, if you're playing as the middle of the the three centre halves, I mean, you're probably going to be on the ball more than anybody else, and. You know, I think that's not really his strong point, is it? He's more of your old school centre half, good in the air, decent in the challenge. Um, but I mean, passing wise, I mean, if you look back at the opening day, that ten yard pass that quite late on that went yeah, sure. straight into touch, for example, mm-hmm. that, that sort of shows that he isn't on the level of of the others. I mean, you look at someone like Darling, and you think on the ball he's great, but maybe defensively lets himself down a little bit with one or two um, mistakes that he shouldn't make. So. It's a it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, you don't want Grimes certainly. You don't need a midfield player, I don't think. Drop in that deep when you've got three centre backs too. Certainly not beyond them. So we're going to have to look at that. I think we we need. I think we need to try and bring the ball further forward. I think with the centre halves when we can. I mean, the likes of Wood and Darling are capable of doing mm. that. And we need people then showing us options, which I'm not knocking Grimes for because he always does. But I think he maybe felt he had to drop deeper because it was the only way he was going to receive the ball. So. Yeah, it, it was disappointing in, in various parts of our play, wasn't it? And I think that was a good example of it. And, it, and I think certainly in the first half, anyway, wing-back-wise, we didn't really get up the pitch or anything, did we? It just felt as if we, we didn't keep the ball very well. And we, we just struggled to get forward, didn't we? There were one or two as well, aimless lumps, which I did not like at all because they were just passes into nothing. I mean, I think there was there was one decent pass, remember, early in the second half, I think. can't remember who made it, but they tried to put... Ashby in I think and it, it didn't quite come off but it was a pass on the ground and I was thinking I can at least see what you're trying to do with that but a lot of the more longer balls especially early in the first half I was just thinking that's just a name that's lumped forward to nobody and it's, it's gone out and you're thinking well we've got to be a bit better than that haven't we 
it did feel like we were devoid of ideas, and that was probably the biggest concern. <clears throat> it wasn't like we were trying to do something that was rubbish. If we were looking at classic Tony Pula's stock, and you were looking at it going, well, even if we were just lumping it forward to, say, we had the Ukrainian on, for example, and we were just lumping it forward to him to knock down, you would say, this is awful, but I can see what he's trying to do. Like, I can see the game plan. There wasn't a game plan. We didn't look like we were able to do... I don't even show what we were trying to do, to be honest with you, because the lumps, as you were talking about, were after we'd held the ball a little bit, looked, and there was nothing on, and then we would just lump it to get rid of the ball. It was just poor. Um, and so Duff takes his share of criticism, or a lot of the criticism, because he's picked that team. He's obviously spent the week with them training and trying to get them prepared for West Brom. And um, for one reason or another, and it's up to us and you as fans to decide what, um, that didn't come to fruition because as sure as hell can say that he hasn't planned for that for the first 70 minutes. It was awful. Um, the crumb of comfort I can offer, perhaps, is that once um, the comeback was the start, Steve, once we got the first... I started to see what I would have expected to see for the first 70 minutes, which was us playing with a purpose, playing forward, but not lumping it needlessly. It was picking men out. It was trying to... And West Brom couldn't breathe for 10, 15 minutes. And, of course, we got a quick-fire second then. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, well, let's keep this intensity up because you know what it's like now with the new regulations of added time. I think we had nine the other day. And you were just thinking, perhaps, maybe, there's a little bit, you know... We can we can look at the first seventy five minutes in isolation as two different games here because they were very two different very performances. And they, some words there made a sentence. Yeah, it was bizarre because obviously we were getting a lot of stick really from West Brom for being crap. I think at one point when they they were chanting, you know, you're fucking shit, and I think some of our fans would, <laughs> would, would join in as if to say, well, that, you know, that was the the general theme of it. Everyone was just thinking, well, this is awful, yeah? and there's no other way of describing it, but. That that goal from the first corner, I mean, made a big difference, didn't it? Darling, to be fair, it's a great header, and I think Patino has really shown that it's the first time maybe since someone like Sigurdsson we may have a really good set piece taker here because he took about six corners, and I'd say apart from the last one, they were yeah, all really yeah. we, we were winning every one, weren't we? And quite a lot of them led to to chances, so we that became our main like strength, didn't it? But I mean, it, we, we've seen it so many times. If there's a goal in a game, it can just sort of shift the momentum, and I think. They were really poor after it, a bit nervy maybe. And obviously we were in the ascendancy at this point. We did put them under a fair bit of pressure. And every time we got a corner, for the first time probably in a long time, you did feel as if we might score. So that was encouraging. But you know you can't just leave yourself in a situation where you're 3-0 down. I mean, you're asking a huge amount to come back. I know we, under Martin, we did it once in every season, didn't we? In the two seasons, we were Luton, we were three down and come back. And we played Coventry as well, yeah. then we were three down, we come back. But I mean, in general, it's very We rare. threw away as many three goal leads as well. well. Probably the, more, actually. This yeah. is the other problem, isn't it? So, you know, but it does. West Brom were not a great side, were they? Well, the I was going to say, if you look at the goals, it was a game not completely not for the purest. It was a game of set pieces, really. Because, I mean, the first goal was head of ping pong in our box, which we shouldn't. We lost three or four headers consequently before it fell to um, Adeji, who. Well, how has he got so much space well it? again it's people shocking. are ball watching and chasing the ball around the boxes and you should never find someone in five yards of space inside well, 12 yards of well, space let's, let's be as we've said on this podcast many times right? if I was at with on Saturday and there'd be arguments when they're all yeah. that yeah. why the hell are you picking him up Yeah. so that's I why so I really many don't people get intent there 
especially I guess with Michael Duff and of course we got Martin Margotson now helping out with the defensive coaching as well. That was a massive, massive disappointment, as was Steve, their second goal, which again, it was a double deflection, a double on goal, yeah. I guess. It came off wood and then it came off the yeah. post. It was and then slightly it came off unlucky, wood. I think, with that one, but it was still the first part of it was unconvincing. I mean, yeah. and, they, and the, obviously they've won the first header, haven't they? So, But you've got to think, as Nathan Wood there, and I'm a massive fan of him, you've got to assume, whenever whoever's in front of you, as soon as you see the flick, you've got to assume everyone else is going to miss it and it's going to come to you because otherwise you're always going to be in that reactionary phase of, oh shit, and then he's trying to, it's bounced off him. It's all, it's a calamitous on goal. But I mean, you look at that and you think, again, it wasn't the sort of defending you'd expect to see with the coaches and the, and the, the personnel we've got at the club now. I think there's a big issue in football, I think, these days where, you know, I think there's a lot more emphasis, isn't there, on like ball play and centre-backs. And I think a lot of centre-backs don't seem to smell the danger like, your old school ones do, and I think maybe that's the type of trap that we've fallen into here a little bit. I mean, you've got to really, you know, when, when these balls come into the box, you've got to make it yours, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I, like, and that goes for both ends, and they, they, they've obviously made it theirs on this occasion. But I mean, you've, you've got to just be in there. And some, like that, with the first goal, for example, that that instinct of thinking, where's the ball going to drop? And you know, that, that's where I think we, we do lack a little bit sometimes. You've got to be a bit more attacking in these situations and make the ball your own. And as I say, I do think we're a little bit unlucky with it. But if you win that first header, you avoid that issue. So you sort of make your own luck, don't you? When we were at our best, this is what we did, didn't we? We had that big, well, normally the striker really had that near post area. Attack attack anyone, well, even me too. You know, we had players, um, you know, who would go miss as well. They always put that striker on the near post and he would protect anything from the edge of the six-yard box line right the way out because everything came there and they would attack it away. And without that, you really are, you've got a soft underbelly then, because if that ball can reach as far as the, the near post, then a poke, a, a flick, anything causes carnage. Um, and I think we need to get back to making sure the ball never reaches the goal frame, because I think that's where we're falling at the moment with those set pieces. Yeah, and it, it does make a big difference. I remember Bone near a game at West Ham years ago, we played really poorly that day and lost, I think. But um, he was on the front post and they kept whipping balls in. Obviously, they had Andy Carroll, so you, could, you know what the plan is straight away. But um, he was heading most of them out. And yeah. it does sort of, you know, I think in that situation then, a corner's got to be very good, isn't it, to beat the first man? Yeah. Because if you've got a tall player there on the, that front post, then in general, he's going to head a lot of them away. So it does make a difference then. And, and you know, previously, Swansea teams have been quite short, haven't they? But I don't think we've got that problem now, have we? We well, have got we, a taller team. Well, and yes, and we've also, I mean... Look, we'll go through the game chronologically because we'll come to it in a second. But the third goal, Steve, it was, um, I think, it just the icing on the cake, really, wasn't it? After what was a poor first half and a poor start to the second half. And you're thinking, well, we need to regroup now. And what we don't need is one of our centre-halves to just needlessly chop someone down in the box. It was lazy. It wasn't professional. I was really disappointed with Darling. And he has got that in his locker where he just switches off from his sensible head, and, and does something like that. And for a lot of it, I love him for it. But things like that, in those moments, you just need to be cool head, stand the man up, and don't commit when he's knocked the ball around. He's just made a fool of himself. It's quite a basic mistake, really, wasn't it? I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, I could, I didn't have the best of views of it, but straight away, my instinct was that. Seen it, it, looks, it looks as blatant yeah. as, as it gets. Yeah, I have seen the replay. I mean, the only person that follows this club, I think, that may think it wasn't, is probably Wyndham Evans. <laughs> and you know you can't yeah. really take that one seriously, can you? So um, 
you know. No, it was a stone wall. Yes. I don't think we'd have got it because we don't tend to get these yeah. obvious decisions. But yeah, when you look at it, it was a stone wall penalty. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it looked as obvious as it comes, didn't it? And, you know, in that situation, you, you fear the worst. And it goes, and to be honest, at that point, I'm thinking we could be in massive trouble here. Mm. And, you know, we could have taken a pace then, really, could we? If it could have gone that way, one or two people left, didn't they? I think, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I'd seen enough. And, you know, they were probably quite surprised that, that the way that the game ended. But, I mean, I, I couldn't see it anything other than a, more of a drubbing at that point. So, you know, um, yeah, it was, it was, look, it was really disappointing. That's, that's how we can look at it. But we, we did put a bit of gloss on, on the score, didn't we? I mean, it, I mean, if you look at it like, um, you know, you haven't seen what the scoring was like or anything. I well, it was quite an entertaining game. Yeah, but, was... I mean, on the face of it, for those that were watching, those of us that were there, following on the radio or whatever else, then, you know, you're probably not thinking that. You're thinking more along the lines of what we were, that, you know, it's a bit deceptive and we were poor for most of the game and, you know, but we did nearly nick something, but, you know, purely because our set pieces were good. Yeah, so, cue the introduction of uh, Man of the Day, uh, Charlie Patino, and I think... Um, I'm not sure there's been a Swans player in my lifetime who's had so many songs and about him pretty much as that man. Everywhere we went, it was uh, the new Swansea song for him um, ringing around. And uh, that didn't stop um, in the concourse before the game. And indeed, when he was um, on the pitch, he had the desired impact. He was, the li- he was lively, Steve. He was running up players. And um, as you mentioned earlier on, he was providing that elusive touch where it came to delivering a good ball in the box. And... Um, Harry Darling was the beneficiary once, very nearly twice, um, in the two short minutes, uh, where he got on the end of a Charlie Patino cross and, um, first of all, buries the ball and you think in the back of the net and you're thinking, consolation, the players run back to the halfway line. But there was still 15 minutes of added time at that point, but the performance didn't suggest we were going to have anything to follow up, was it really? No, I mean, Darling, um, obviously his record at MK Dons was superb, wasn't it, for, for scoring? I think he got double figures the year before mm. he joined us. Yeah. And I think he got four or five for us last year. And you've got to remember, he wasn't really first choice, was he, for a long time? No, he probably played half the game. Yeah, was, yeah, probably about that. So, to be fair, he does make it his in those situations. And it was a very good header. You couldn't argue with it. And like you say, I mean, it, you, we weren't thinking we were going to do much after that. But to be fair, we did put them under a bit of pressure at that point. And obviously, the second goal came not that long after. It had been more of a scramble album, wasn't it? But, I mean, as I said earlier, the, the most encouraging thing for me was... The balls going in were good. They were hard to defend against, but we seemed to be winning all of them. And that was really encouraging because big, we're not like that usually, are we? And the big difference was we weren't putting it into an area, which you quite so often see people do. Put it into an area because <clears throat> nowadays <clears throat> football's evolved to the point that you need to be able to pick a man out. You need to be able to have worked on it. You can't just float an English ball into the box and expect yourself to, um, to, to, to win it and score goals. You need to actually be able to, and at both times, um, Patino picked out Darling, who beat his man in the end. And time and again, Darling was winning those duels in the air. Um, and we, we could have got an equaliser. There was one that flashed across the face of goal. There was the Cabango effort, which he glanced just wide. Um, but Nathan Wood was the beneficiary of that second one, Steve. I think Darling might have scored. It was cleared off the line. And I think then. Uh, Jerry Yates keeps it alive, plays it back, cross comes back in, a bit of a scramble, as you say. Nathan Wood bundles it over the line. And then all of a sudden you think, well, that's two goals in three minutes. And then you're thinking, right, now we do have 15 minutes, really, to turn the screw. It didn't go as intense as as, as maybe um, we would have liked, but there was certainly a period of 10 minutes there where you thought, 
they could we were getting we were getting corners as you said five or six corners that Patino had it was causing carnage they couldn't deal with it the best thing could hope for was to knock it out for another corner um and they couldn't get out uh let's let's but step back into realism here and realise a lot of that would have been because they had something to protect and something to defend. I'd like to see us be as intense when the opposition actually have to come at you as well because what we saw for the last 10-15 minutes against West Brom is, is fine in isolation. I mean, it was good, it was intense, it was putting them under... And yeah, it wasn't pretty, but it was effective. Um, and the other way, West Brom at the point had three 0 lead to defend, a three one lead to defend, and a three two lead to defend. And I think at one point you're gonna to have to see because the same thing happened against Birmingham. We conceded and we had to come back into the game. Again, we see it against West Brom. We need to start taking the impetus and the onus onto the opposition and making them uh be the ones that are chasing us. Yeah, exactly. I mean our best spells over the, the two league games that we've had have been in the period after we've scored a goal. So but before that, there hasn't been a lot. So I think we've got to start better, as you say. I think that's certainly something we need to learn. We can't be, you know, taking over half a game to, to grow into it. I mean, against some other teams, you could be out of it. I mean, realistically, it did damage us Saturday and it cost us, didn't it? But mm. I mean, in a lot of other games, you're going to be in that situation. You can't afford to do it. So, you know, I think there's there's certainly some lessons there to, to be learned. Um you know, but I think if I'm honest, I think a couple of subs should have really been made at half time because we were so passive and you know and, and lackluster that we just felt we needed a bit of livening up. I mean, I, th- I know it's easy to say now because Patino had such a good impact, but I mean, I was looking at half time and thinking, could he have come on and could Janelli have come on? I mean, obviously he did great in his cameo in the League Cup. <clears> I mean, yeah, but he's come on very late, isn't he, on the weekend? And I'm thinking, well, you know, those two would have livened things up from about half time, and I. For me, maybe that should have happened on Saturday, but I mean, I'm looking now for the, this weekend, and you know, the, I would probably like to see some changes based on that because I think there there were a few too many passengers really on Saturday, weren't there? Well, the thing when I don't think you mentioned it there, but in, the one thing that struck me was <clears throat> the last twenty minutes of that game where Petito was putting in the box, winning ahead, as causing carnage, and I'm thinking we've got a six or four Ukrainian on the bench. This seems like tailor-made. If you were going to so. any point, you're going to bring him on the pitch there. Bring him on for the last 10 minutes. And if he's not fit enough to do that, he shouldn't have been on the bench at all. He yeah, should... and it's not like Perot was doing much, if no. I'm being honest about it. But I mean, at that point, you could gamble and say, well, I'm taking one of the centre-halves off, or I'm taking one of the midfielders off, and, and go caution the wind. We've got, you got 10 minutes left to shit or bust, isn't it? Um, but I would have... I don't have thought... I, I don't think there was anyone in that stadium. I mean, a West Brom shirt or a Swansea shirt either end of the stadium that could believe that we didn't bring on the biggest target man uh, at either club. I just found it baffling. But um, <clears throat> that was one very strange decision not to not to give him 10 minutes because I thought, oh, it's made for him, and it? It's absolutely ready to come on here and get his head on one of these crosses because Patino was just picking them out. Um, so we had that. I just can't believe... The massive overreaction on on Twitter and social media after the game, Steve. Because I looked at it and I thought, <clears throat> "This is we've just followed on from a man who we've had sections of our fan base calling for patience and trust the process." And and this is after two years of of the same mistakes happening and the same issues recurring over and over and over again. And we're seeing, let's be honest, they're concerning things <clears throat> in the opening few games here, a uh, few league games. But it's two league games. I mean, 
with every manager we've had that's had any any semblance of success here has taken a while to get going because they want to build their identity. They want to get the players bought into what they're going to do. And you have those hiccups, those slow starts. And even Michael Duff in his previous managerial roles has had slow starts. And when it picks up, it picks up something massive. So, I mean, I just, in the end, Steve, I was just grateful to have a, a coach full of <coughs> lads with, with beers on the way home that we could uh, forget about it all because um, uh, social media seemed to have a little bit of a meltdown. Well, yeah, I think it's almost become a little bit like politics, isn't it, where you're either you're on one side or you're the other. You're not really allowed to be to like something of like one party or like in this yeah, case, something mean. of one manager. And that thing, you it's like well, you're either with him or you're not. And it's this the truth is quite often far more complicated than that. I mean, like I said, I, I saw plenty of things that I I didn't like on the weekend. But I mean, under Martin going forward at set pieces, we were shocking. Mm. So to see a score two from set pieces and could have been more is something that I'll take and go. Well, that that's got to be like a positive from the previous manager that we didn't have. So, you know, look, it's, and as you say, it, it's got to be time, isn't it? I mean, we've got to be patient. Yeah, he, this manager has been backed more than the previous one. Like, I wouldn't dispute that. But at the same time, everyone deserves needs games, don't they, to to get things going? I mean, he he probably doesn't know his best team at the moment. And you know, I think if you asked a lot of the fan base what our best team is, I think you'd get quite a few different answers. So, well, we talked last week know? about him having. Uh, a good problem, and yeah, in he does that have a good sense, in, in the sense of he's got players who can pick, and he's going to have people who are disappointed, um, and and that's the beauty of having a strong yeah. squad. Which there's no doubt about it. We've got the strongest squad now as a squad um, since we since we got relegated, in my opinion, because I think um, even with those lone players and Cooper had a lot of them, um, they filled the start in eleven, didn't they? And um, the bench was weak. <laughs> bench was weak. You look at it now, and you've got seven options on that bench. You think any one of these could make a claim for playing next week if they come on and do what they did. Patino did. You know, you look at players who look like that and come on and go, well, you, you, you're going to now feature in the manager's plans, you should imagine. Um, and he joined late in the week, so why he didn't start on Saturday. Um, but you talked about um, the politics element of it, and I think there is a lot of that. And I was having thought about this on yeah, on Sunday, and I thought, it's been, yeah, probably since the since the the, the the rise and takeover of social media, it's got so much worse. But also, if you look at um, the way we've employed managers since relegation, it's always been style or substance. And if you look at it, you've got Potter was style, and of course yeah. we didn't finish in the playoffs. Then we went for Cooper was substance, and we finished in the playoffs twice. Yeah. Um, Martin style, you know, just finishing the top half twice, and um, uh, well, and now we're going back to what looks like substance yeah. over style. But what's really interesting though is the two more substance ones are the ones that have been significantly, I would say, more backed in the market, mm. whereas the other two were completely shafted. Yeah, you know, Porter being signed hardly anybody. I mean, I know his signings weren't great, but those youngsters. That he brought through, I mean, were brilliant for him, and they all went on to to bigger things. He got something like Grimes was a lost cause, wasn't he? Really, um, until he came in, and then you look at Martin, and you know he had his hands tied behind his back. Whereas the likes of Cooper was not, you know, he wasn't left with any gaping holes, was he? And it looks like now the current manager is going to be in the same position. So it's it is interesting, isn't it? I think you know, I think both of us have always been style people, really, haven't we? Yeah. Over like substance, but I mean, you can't always argue with the substance either. It's 
Look, it's um, it is a There's difficult a balance, one. There's a balance, isn't it? You well, said, there is not, massively a balance. It's not as black and white to say in style or something. What we've done is you want someone who's going to play, and Duff said this, and I know talk is cheap, and we'll see this play out over the next couple of months, I'm sure, Steve, but you want someone who's going to have that steeliness about them, but also they're going to want to bring the ball down, play nice football, score plenty of goals in open play. Duff, I mean, he talks a good game. He wants us to be pressing high intensity, win the ball back quick and high, quick throw-ins, quick free kicks, and make sure the opposition can't reset, get into position, really terrify them. And that is something I would love to see. And that it comes under style for me as well. But um, you also want that steady side where you said, we want to be better at set pieces. You want to cut out those ridiculous mistakes. The, the goal kick issue we had and the goalkeeper issue we Trying had. Trying to be too clever, isn't it? It's just too much in their own box and you just don't want to do it. And to be fair, <clears throat> we wouldn't, I wouldn't say we were guilty of that on the weekend. I, don't think, I think the the goals were all avoidable and, 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 and bad, but they weren't... Us overplaying. No, there were none of those goals. We were. No, they, they were. They were soft goals, weren't they? Soft like, goals, but yeah. Yeah, I know we conceded a lot of like soft goals last year, but they, which we, I think we would have conceded those type of goals last year. But in general, the more default was the the howlers. The either. ones we gifted. Yeah, they were, they were ones where yeah, it'd be like a, a stupid pass or decision or obviously a goalkeeping mistake. Yeah. Um, like they weren't so much like that, but they they were more like your bog standard goals that you just shouldn't concede, like your set piece type ones, weren't they? So. You know, but look, I think the truth is every manager we've had has plus and plus points and negative ones, didn't he? Yeah. As we say, Martin, you know, you did feel as if he was trying to build something and it maybe was on was close to getting what he wanted, certainly if he'd been back more. But at the same time you couldn't ignore the horrendous goals that we were conceding either. So I mean with, with this man it'll be a little bit different, maybe we won't see as much football, but you know, hopefully we'll be better at some of the you know, the uglier side of the game, but we'll also, when we do get possession, try to, you know, be a bit more ambitious and play the ball forward more often. Not, not Hopefully not with long balls or such, but just the case of, you know, if Grimes spots someone in, try and play try him and through on goal. Yeah, well, and using pace out wide to try and, you know, play those passes because you've got the option of people running onto them. So, you know, it's it's varied, isn't it, I think, but... You know, I mean, you can't have people losing their head already. You you just have to be patient. I mean, it, again, I think that is an issue with social media these days. People are too quick reactionary, to want, yeah, too, too quick to want to pass opinions on. So, oh, almost to the point sometimes where I think people are so desperate to be right. Have an opinion. I, I'm, I'm what I say. I was first to say this. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's just all a little bit ridiculous. I mean, opinions for me are always formed based on a long period of time, and you give people an opportunity. And I mean, me and you have been going down for 25 plus years, so. You know, I think when you've been going for as long as that, quite often you'll you might look back to other periods and you know try and remember some of the things you've seen in the past. Suddenly, like things you don't like, you know. Yeah, and like, but just remembering, like, remember Kenny Jacket when he first came in is a good example. I mean, he was quite unpopular to say the least. The football wasn't good, and he was under a bit of pressure early on, wasn't he? Mm. But then I think he backed down a bit and realised he had good players, and rather than maybe wanting to play as much longer ball try to use the, the better players that we, we had. And, you know, he, he did learn, didn't he, for example? And I think, you know, that shows that people can sort of change as well, because right? I didn't think he would change in those circumstances. And, you know, I think that, that can happen as well. I think so it just shows you that even if we were to carry on maybe making these mistakes and being passive at the start, the penny can sometimes drop for a manager. And he, he makes um, makes changes. I mean, Martin last year with, um, you know, he, he changed, didn't he, from wing-backs in the end. So a 4-4-2, diamond, which he realised that maybe he didn't have the players for wing-backs. 
and we went on probably our best run under him, not just in terms of results, but also performances, wasn't it? So, you know, it just shows you that's why you can't rush into opinions and you, you have to give people a, a fair opportunity, really. So, I mean, after but, two games, you can't be saying, you know, you want people out or, or anything. I think you're allowed to definitely say that people haven't impressed you at this point, but, yeah. you know, you've, you've just got to be, you know, patient with it. And the good thing, as we've said, is that, you know, there'll be one or two players that maybe haven't impressed us yet. But we're already looking at the bench and thinking, well, if they don't carry on the way they are, you're not. Whereas last year, I think because Martin was stitched up, certain players had to play no matter what because there there weren't really any other options, were there? But mm. um, I mean, I look at, I mean, I think Ashby has been quite quiet so far as an yeah, example. But obviously, we've just made a signing now, haven't we? A left back. So his position is going to be under threat soon. Well, because Josh Key is going to have to play somewhere because he's been the better well, of the two, isn't well, he? Well, exactly. So then if he switches to right back, and you know, then the, the Dutch guy whose name I'm not going to You have to it. try it because um, is Yeah, I will at some point. Um, <laughs> so if he then moves into that position, obviously Ashby will be on the bench. So, yeah, I think that's the, the good thing about it. You should, but I think what you don't want as well then, and we see this with pretty much every manager, they usually have their favourites, don't they? And some people who can't get dropped. Yeah. So it'll be interesting well, to see. We've well, got strength. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see if the, if Duff is it's like that as well because you'd have to say Martin certainly had favourites, didn't he? For example, and you know pretty much every manager we've had has had their favourites. So well, can we just take a breath a breath there to say this is the moment where I want to say and make a plea for us to get away from five at the back. I'm just sick of it. It does, it didn't work for Martin. It it didn't when Cooper brought it in. It worked. And because he realised, well, he got rid of the wingers, as we discussed before we started recording, so he needed to... Yeah, I think that was a case of making the best of what, of we, what, what we had. And also, he even admitted he stumbled across it, because Gray was the only fit centre-back, so he had to play a couple of like full-backs in those positions then to help him. And yeah, he stumbled across it, really, didn't he? But um, I mean, that that's the only time where I felt it really made sense for us to go down that route, because I think we had the likes of Roden, Van der Horn, Gray, he... Um, Will Mott. I mean, we were really strong at centre half yeah. at that point, weren't we? But yeah. I'm looking at us now at centre half, and I'm thinking, I really don't think we are. I'd love us to go to four at the back because I obviously saw at the end tail in the last season. You've already spoken about um, it, it. It makes us yeah. you, you you're not asking as much of your. Well, wing arguably, back we went to four at the back the other day, didn't we? And that's when we were better. Yes, for yeah, exactly. And it is exactly the point is is it allows your defenders to be defenders first and foremost. Um, when you've got your wing-back situation, you're always going to be left with a wing-back up the pitch who's trying to commit to the attack, a turnover of possession. Then all of a sudden you've got a centre-half covering a winger's runner. It's a mess. And I just don't like it. I don't like the fact that at this level, with the caliber player that we've had and <clears throat> still have, especially at the back, we're asking them to do that. I don't think it's going to happen because the signings we're making is suggesting we're just going to make ourselves better at five at the back, which is which is one argument, but uh, Steve, I'd love us to just go. Let's go four at the back. Let's use ourselves at making sure that we can be a solid. And I, I just feel like that for me is more of a. It feels like it's more of a way in which you can build, especially if you're talking about style or substance. That's where you start with. You got your goalkeeper. He's going to be there. He's going to claim your crosses. He's going to block your shots and stuff like that. You've got your back four. They'll venture forward, but they're not going to be finding themselves at the edge of the opposition penalty area. Then you can get wide men. I know we discussed the lack of wingers at the club. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a problem. I don't see us addressing it um, soon. Duff did say that he'd swapped a couple of times in formations at Barnsley where he 
thought he wanted to play a certain way, but then realised it wasn't working, so he switched it up. Um, we've already talked about Cooper doing it. Martin did it, where they both went to the five at the back. I'd just like to see us, as you say, we did it the other day, towards the tail end of the game, and that's when we were able to suffocate West Brom with more players going forward. The defenders just concentrating on keeping the ball up the other end. Um, I'm just not a fan of it, man. Um, look, I don't think I've ever been a, a real fan of it. I think I'll always use the point that let's look at you know teams that have been successful in the Premier League era. I mean, only one team has ever won the league by playing five at the back, to the best of my knowledge, and I think that was Chelsea under Antonio Conte. I mean, we think of you know Martin obviously loved Guardiola, didn't he? I mean, Guardiola's default has never been that. No. It's always been in general a four-three-three man. And if I'm honest, I always think that is that's why I prefer or four two three one, preferably. Certainly, if it's, if you've got a really good player that can play behind the striker. So, but it's difficult for us to do that because we've got Janelli, but I don't know who play the other side. I mean, it could play one of the fullbacks there, but I mean, it's I think that's what our issue is. So I think we'd be more likely to go to a diamond, wouldn't we? And mm. to be fair with the strikers that we've got, it's difficult at the moment justify playing only one. So I think a diamond <laughs> might be more likely. But as you say. But then you've got the issue then, if we're going to play the way that Duff wants us to play and we want to get the ball in the box and stuff, you've got a diamond, yeah. you're less likely to be able to do that. Yes, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? That's why, like you, I don't see it changing. I think we are going to be persistent with this. I mean, a left-back has come in. I mean, we think a centre-half is going to come gonna, in. You have them. to say his name. You say it first. <laughs> You've mentioned Gi- it twice. Gion or something, then. <laughs> you just mentioned it twice. Yeah, I can't right. ever remember what it is. I haven't even got it in front of me. There it is. Joion, is it? Yeah, we'll go with that. Joion, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the most bizarre names we've had, isn't it? I think we've got to try and get a song for him. It's a chant. There's a chant in there. There's got to be. I can't remember. I think Jeffy, who listens to this podcast, he said, did he say Cotton Eye Joe for him or something? That could be a, that could be a decent one. Um, but yeah, um, it's just... It's just it's, it is a very strange name. I joked with a mate the other day. He said, can you imagine we had him and then we signed Perry and G from Cardiff? You would have the two strangest full-back names ever with your club, wouldn't you? But, um, yeah. Look, if What's think... going to be on the back of his shirt? That, I'm assuming. Well, that's his full name, isn't it? Yeah. Is he going to have on on the back of his shirt? Like NG, he just yeah. says NG, doesn't he? Yeah, look, he might. Well, we'll find out Saturday. Or it could be I'm Aon. Assuming. Yeah. I, ah, you know. Know. It could just be Joe. He might have Nathan. It could, well, there we are. Delhi Ali's got Delhi, for example. Show it on. So you, show it on. You could have, or he could have all of it. But um, look, I don't, a lot. I don't think he's going to change from five at the back. I mean, if we think another centre-back is coming in, then, you know, I'm assuming that's... We, arguably, you don't need another centre-back if you're going to move away from playing three centre-backs because you've got Norton still here. I mean, Brandon Cooper is as well, although I get the feeling he might be shunted out on loan somewhere because, I mean, if another... One comes in on loan. Cooper didn't play against Northampton, did he? It doesn't feel like he's going to feature, does it? Yeah, and I mean, I'm with the greatest respect, I'm looking at him now as well and thinking, you're not that young now, so maybe it's a, if he's not going to feature now, I think is you know, it's going to be tough for him to ever you know break through here. I, I'd have thought, but um, yeah, I think if we we are going to persist with five, I think aren't we for now? I think we have to sort of just accept. But at it. least at least you can see if. Duff can't get us playing the way he wants to. He wouldn't have to necessarily force um, a, a square pegs in round holes if you were to play <coughs> likes of like Josh Key further up the pitch a little bit. It wouldn't yeah. seem as terrible as having Latibodier playing wing back. Yeah, I think you know, it's a strength thing. You know? I think that yeah, the other good thing is now, obviously, as you say, I mean, we've got you know 
with us bringing in that the left back that we so badly needed, and if you know Humphreys comes in from Chelsea, which we expect, you know, meant to be a left footed centre half, we are then going to be quite a balanced team. There's going to be a lot of left footers. The Grimes is still here at the moment, even though he could go potentially. Patino's left footed. Yeah. I mean, there Perot. I mean. What foot's Perot? There's always the question, isn't it? Both, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So you would, say, you would say he's probably left. Yes, because he took that free kick against West Brom with his left, for example. Yeah, I think naturally and, left, but he yeah. is so strong with his right. Exactly. So then it feels like there's a really good balance to the team, if you know what I mean. So then I think in that sense, you'd have to say, right, well, maybe for now, we should just persist with this five, because if that's where he wants to go... And then having an extra two left-footed players in the team, or, or three Patino players, yeah, then you'd have to say, well, that, that really should be quite an advantage for us. So, yeah, look, I I don't think I'm ever going to be a big fan of five at the back. I mean, I think I, I liked it when Chris Coleman played it with Wales because of the personnel that we had and the fact that you can't buy players in club football. You, I mean, you could bring people in, can't you, to to suit your your favourite style, really? So, I think. Let's just. I think for now we're going to have to accept that it's going to be five at the back, and um, but and hope that having these extra two players in will make uh, quite a big difference for us. Really, hopefully they will. Yeah. So as you said, Nathan, Joe are on, and, and it's definitely not how you pronounce it, but um, he's joined next. I don't know how much it was for. I think it's around three hundred k. It's it's always underscores with the Swans in there. Um, Bashir Humphreys uh, to join, we expect, on loan from Chelsea this week, um, fully ahead of the game on Saturday. Um, news confirmed today, actually, that um, Olivier and Cham has indeed left the club to join Sanzisport. I think in Turkey they've now said that all paperwork has been done. There was a lot of talk on social media yesterday because he played for them yesterday and the club still hadn't said he'd gone, so... Um, it's another messy situation, Stephen. God, I don't yeah. know what the background is of that. It does feel at the moment that there may be more going on there in the background in terms of determining a fee or whether or not they've just said in the end, well, to be honest, if we push this too much and they say, fine, we're not going to pay you for him, so have him back. We don't want to be left with his mammoth wages on the on the wage bill either. So are we just saying, get out of this club? It's a, it's a strange one, isn't it? You can tell we're not happy with him. I mean... I'm sure a few of our listeners will remember that week last December where it was unbearably like freezing just after the world, uh, well, just after we'd been knocked out the World Cup or whatever. And I think our statement saying he'd gone was as cold as that. <laughs> so where are we going with that? Then? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that probably says it all. I mean, they didn't wish him well. Or anything they like just that. Please. Talked facts, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, Cham used to play for us. This is what he did when he was here. He's fucked off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it was like Rafa with his rant at Liverpool all those years ago. Wasn't yeah, it? But, um, yeah. I mean, they couldn't have put it in another way, as if to say, he's gone. We're confirming it. I don't think we wished him well, That's did it. we? No, we didn't. No, he's gone. That's it. He played for he's, us. He's done. He had eighty odd performances. Performances or appearances? He certainly didn't have eighty odd performances. No, no, he didn't. No, twenty maybe. <laughs> that was a slip of the tongue. Uh, he had appearances, yeah, and uh, scored a few goals, and that was it. And he was, if you haven't seen it, um, it was cold. It was a cold statement from the club. And to be honest with you, fuck him, because we know now that he's left uh, Duff in the lurch just before the Birmingham home game, and the whole squad didn't find out until an hour before kickoff. It's an absolute mess um, of a, of a transfer. It feels like he's just. Gone AWOL, essentially. But did, but did he even have permission to travel, if you know what I mean? 
Like, because he was pictured, wasn't he, at Heathrow? Yeah. I'm still baffled by why you'd have a thumbs up photo with him. Um, no. When he no. just refused to play, but I think no. that's another well, story. Well, the things you would want to do, you probably shouldn't because. Well, I wouldn't have a photo of it, but I think. Well, yeah. Um, but the, the club one that yeah. ends its sleeve, really. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, that he's refused to play, and the next thing you know, he's on a flight. I mean, given from how slow everything's been, and he announced it on about Tuesday or Wednesday that he'd gone, and, and they more or less announced it, and now we've only done it on Monday. It's, it's just all very strange, isn't it? But um, I feel like we're, we're being a very generous by talking about him this much, so. Sorry, let's yeah, uh, let's move on. on. We're getting far too much effort to yeah. a man who could not be asked. Yeah, well, thank God Patino has joined because we just lost one of the greatest Swans chants, Swan songs in a few years. So we've yeah. got a good one to replace it with now. You just need a good chant all the time for one of your players. Yeah, and I think I said it to you yesterday. Didn't it? it is a Michael Jackson song, bizarrely, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. You and all alone. Yeah, um, which I would never think would be a, a football song, but um, we need yeah. to be more original. We need to make. Good ones. Yeah. I mean, we got there's a couple of good ones out there at the moment. I think uh, Cabango's got one for Delilah, uh, which is a good one. Um, and uh, you'll have to tweet us in with some of the other good ones that are going about at the moment. But um, we had a few on the yeah. weekend. It is, it is annoying to lose the player we've just mentioned because to combine a, a chant with Oasis is the pinnacle as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but um, yeah. let's get more good songs going um, for the players. We've got plenty of new players. There's no excuse. We don't do, 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 do for any of them. We need oh, good songs, good chance for them. And uh, hopefully the signings keep rolling in as they have been the last week or so. We've been playing catch-up, trying to remember who signed and when they signed because uh, we've been doing such good business the last couple of weeks and been so active. Um, we expect we'll be seeing uh, this call in the Dutch guy <laughs> <laughs> in defence uh, on the weekend. And... Uh, Hopefully you'll be joined by that loan signing of Bashir Humphreys from Chelsea, highly rated. Um, I'll be honest, Steve, you look at us in the last few years and clubs should be wanting to send um, their talents here because you look at what Cooper did with Gehi and Gallagher and Brewster and stuff like that and made them all £20 million plus players, you know, and Gehi even more, you know, his ceiling's huge. But um, As long as the manager wants it, because there were a few obviously under Martin that, uh, how can I put it? It was as if they were on the bench. Well, never, ever. He's got his favourites, and if he didn't pick them, you're not playing them. Yeah, but that's the likes of Finn Stevens, Arco Flex, Finley Burns. I mean, they all really wasted their time, didn't they? But I mean, that some of the other ones were, you know, a little bit more popular. So I think that's the thing. And as long as the manager really wants them and they're assured of game time, then we are a good place for to come. And you get the feeling that the Patino one could be a, a really good one, don't you? For example. So yeah, I mean, it's you know, hopefully Humphreys comes in and hopefully he's what we need because you know we are a bit suspect defensively as we've said and we need a reinforcement and hopefully it'll be uh, one that will work out for us. I wouldn't so. mind this. I know God it'd be like sounding Steve Cooper at Forest yeah, we need more signings but like a, like a, an older centre half to come in as well someone a cool, a yeah. cool like, I know we've talked previously It's an interesting one is it? I think Steve Cook who was at Forest has gone to QPR for example isn't he I mean that wouldn't have been I'm not sure, sure what the wages were like but I mean, someone you know, like, I feel like bit... he wouldn't start. I don't think because he, he would he wouldn't necessarily expect to get ninety five minutes out of them. But if you had a lead with fifteen minutes to go, you might want to bring on. We talked yeah. about the like so like the Birmingham game last season, stuff like that, and other games, Millwall at home, um, where we thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice to bring a Ryan Bennett on something like that at that point where you thought. This yeah. we're panicking. We're, we're we're kicking the ball away. You need someone there who's going to just be a no nonsense centre half well, sometimes. Yeah, and you look sometimes at someone like Joe Allen as well in the same way, and it? it's like someone that will just take the ball happily and under pressure and just try and keep it and yeah. then play play like the sensible ball. I think that those type of things are 
you know, I think there's always a place for that in there. I mean, can Norton still do that? I mean, from my point of view, I'm I'm not convinced. I mean, he's I think he's quite lucky to still be here, but I mean, you could but you could argue that he is still yeah. someone that's quite experienced. Although obviously he's only really come into playing centre back since Martin was here. Before that, he was always like a right back, really, wasn't he? Yeah, I just don't think he's got the legs to do that. Yeah. The, he certainly hasn't got the wing-back legs, has he? No, no, not at all. Um, so, um, well, we'll see what happens because we do have a game coming up on the weekend. Quick, it's the third of the trilogy of Midlands games. Um, it's been a bit of a weird start to season. We get them all in, in early doors. Um, so, Coventry join us down the uh, Liberty um, for um, what should be, what was... Uh, at the tail end of last season when we played them at the Liberty Steve um, a good game of football a stalemate but n- nonetheless um, an enjoyable game and I think uh, please don't get overreact please don't overreact if it doesn't go perfectly but I think we're going to show a little bit more of our teeth and our age now we're playing in front of our home fans well I certainly hope so but I mean this could be quite a tough game couldn't it I mean Coventry <laughs> were, were a shootout away from going into the Prem I know they've lost Giorgarez, who was obviously their top goal scorer, um, mm. you know how on earth he's gone for twenty four million. Well, can't get a bid for Perot. Yeah, it's uh, a little bit baffling that one, really, isn't it? But and um, you know, good luck to from Barra's now going for yeah, twelve million, isn't he? He's going based on one good season. It's and just, he's I don't understand. Mid twenties, isn't he? So. Are we still leaving that hangover of when Swans were an easy touch and no one's going to offer? Well, we might be. Well, I don't think it'll work with these guys. I really don't think they're going to be the type to yeah. bend over and take a three million bid at the last day. So yeah, I I don't. Uh, I think maybe it'll just need this window to show that you can't take us for a ride anymore. So we need that um, that Brighton guy Tony Bloom in to get us because he's he sells the player. He sells him top yeah. dollar, or, or even Daniel Levy. I mean, I I can't believe that they have actually managed to extract nearly hundred million for Kane. Not that he, I don't rate him. It's just the fact he's got a year left. I I thought they were going to get done with that, but again, he's got away with it. Yeah, Brighton, as you say. I mean. Astonishing, really, but yeah. Look, I mean, it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? I think the weekend Coventry are a good side. They've they've, been, they've managed to bring a few players in, haven't they? Unsurprisingly, I mean, well, they've got yeah, a bit of money in there now. Yeah, which is not a shock, is it? I mean, whether they can do as well as last year it will undoubtedly be tougher. But I mean, yeah, there's... they've lost Ben Hamer as well, haven't they? I thought oh, it was Gustavo Hamer. Gustavo, it's not Ben Hamer. Yeah, is he? No, not Ben Hamer. Has he gone to Luton or someone? Is it? Uh, oh, Sheffield United, he's gone. Oh, Sheffield United, right, okay. Um, so, I know he's yeah, left so Gustavo here, yeah. Yeah, so that's another one they've lost, but I mean, you know, they've there is a few of our ex-players there, of course, and I think Casey Palmer, is he still there? And obviously... Yeah, not Ben Hamer, though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not. Um, yeah, um, Jake Bidwell, obviously, he was on the bench the other day, and of course, a certain... Uh, Your Lath- main man. Lothar Boudier, who did start on the weekend, and I think he's playing in a back three as opposed to... You know, um, as a wing back, so he's probably a bit happier there then. But um, yeah, look, it'll be it, it won't be an easy game that one. I think they they've obviously done very well, and they under Mark Robbins, who's one of the longest serving managers around. Um, but you know, it would be nice to get a win on the board, wouldn't it? We can't deny that. Um, you know, I mean, you just as, as the games go on, you just want to try and get one on the board. So if we would not win, win one, not to win on the weekend, then you're three without a win. The next mm. one's away. It's you know, it's it's a you know the, the given the way that the world is with social media and stuff, the, the knives will quickly turn, won't they? So I think for our point of view, just be good to get a win on the board, just to sort of relieve um, a little bit of pressure. I remember when Martin was here and we got that win in Bristol City, didn't we? Yeah, on that Friday night, I think it was 
was over the th- oh, he, I think that was that the fourth was... game I remember that he, he wasn't impressed he by the said performance. It was the worst performance yeah but I remember coming out to there buzzing because the atmosphere was so good and we yeah. got him in but also thinking look great we're on the board here because you just want that win early on because you don't want to be in that bottom six too because it just people start talking in the same way that if you sign a striker I think for a few quid and they don't score in the first few games people are on the case it becomes a big talking point that's why I think last week when Yates did score it's just a case of, right, they'll shut everybody up straight away. We're not talking about a player who's on a run and without goals. He's already off the mark. So, yeah. you know, and I think the same sort of thing applies to just getting a win on the board. It's, you know, if you can just get those three points there, then it's a case of it lift you up the table. People stop talking. The pressure lifts a little bit. And, um, you know, because you don't want to be going into it everyone saying you still haven't won yet every time the game comes around. Just, if we can just get three points... Uh, there uh, on this weekend that will lift pressure on it and like I say it's not a talking point then well you talk about Jerry Yates and I was baffled again on on Saturday that we were looking as you say a few a few aimless balls out where we couldn't find an option but you've got Perot and Yates up there they're not going to win the ball up in the air so you have to have an option you have to have a plan for how you're going to feed them the ball if it's going to go over the top you need to draw the opposition out so they've got running space in behind Otherwise, you're just going to lose the ball every time you win it back. And this is where you obviously need your wing-backs as well to be providing support. We spoke about Ashley, Ashby having a slow start and, and, and perhaps Key um, taking his place when um, when the new signings go into play. Um, but it would be interesting to see how... Uh, I do get the feeling with Duff and indeed Margotson that they they don't take fools uh, like me. You know, they don't, they don't take this shit. They won't let... I don't think they're the kind of person to come out arm on the shoulder, same again, we can do this. You know, we've had managers like that, um, very good managers like that as well. I think these are the guys that won't put up with what they saw for 70 minutes on Saturday. Yeah, I, you could see them today in training being given quite a bit of a going over and, and yeah. working on a few things that really, you know, weren't good enough on the weekend. I think, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong sometimes with being a bit more, you know, less personable and, you know, just trying to, no, how how can I put it? Like, basically, say that you're not happy. As long as I think the key is always you don't want to throw certain individuals under the bus. There's nothing wrong with collectively saying that you're not good enough. I mean, yeah, but you definitely don't want to go down the route to Steve Morris and a Cardiff, where he was, especially no. with young players, where he was literally feeding them to the wolves, and you're just thinking, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I mean, now the guy is managing below Conference South, so that sort of shows you it definitely isn't the way to go. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I think as ever, there's a balance with these things. There's nothing wrong, I think, with taking pressure off players. I mean, I didn't like what Guardiola did on Friday where no. he was, you know, sorting out Haaland and having to go with him in front, you know, in front of the whole public. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm him, it'd be like, get lost. I just went two nil up and I just scored both mates. With him sometimes. Well, it's, it is just a bit over the top. I think Gary Neville used the example, didn't he? You know, he played Alex Fergie, Ferguson yeah. incredibly intense, but there were not many instances in his career where you saw Fergie berating a player properly on the pitch or then in an interview throwing him under the bus. And you've heard countless stories afterwards though of especially in autobiographies and stuff where there's been ructions in that dressing oh, yeah. room but people have never, never found out about it. No, that's right. You know, and I think that's definitely the, the way to go about it. So there's nothing wrong with saying that criticizing the performance in certain aspects, but criticizing individuals is never a good way to go. And I think Duff was fine with that Saturday because he did say it wasn't good enough and but he didn't throw people under the bus today. So that's no. 
that's a good thing. I always think How would you pick out individuals? It was a great, was it? Yeah. I don't think anyone came out of that. Uh, yeah, and there could be fair ways of doing it otherwise yeah, and absolutely. saying, yeah, so-and-so played well when he came on and then it's a way of saying other people didn't. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's the, the main thing, isn't it? But yeah, he's not going to put his arm around people in the way that maybe Martin did with if people were making mistakes and saying, oh, well, I told them to play this I way. Mean, you look at it, Martinez, Rogers, and Martin, very similar. Potter as well, cut from that same cloth, I think. Um, yeah. In, in, in that way of management. And it's, it's no right or wrong way of doing it because, I mean, Loudrup was probably the least personable, approachable manager we've had is, since, you know, since yeah. we've been watching. But he had in tremendous success um, for a yeah. while, yeah. So, I mean, you can't say that there's a right or wrong way of doing it. But at the same time, um, I do think we're going to have a change to the norm. And that is exactly why we need to take a bit of a breather and take a bit of time and realise that if this is still happening, and I will be the first to say, if this we have a more consistent performances like we did against West Brom at the start of October in, in four or five weeks' time, then yes, absolutely, I'll be saying this needs to change quickly because we're getting into that part of the season now where you get your Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, then you lead up to Christmas. It's just not the time to really... You need to be starting to pick up results then. I think it would be... But this early on, some of the, I just wish people would just take it a little bit of a breather. I, I remember saying, Steve, after um, Luton in Martin's first season, we were 3-0 down at half-time. Yeah. We went down at half-time for, for a drink. And there's people, Martin out, I think it was like the fourth game in or something like that. Well, it, was, it, was more, it was about eight, I'd say. Was maybe. it that many? Yeah, okay. it, was, it was, but... I mean, I did think it was poor, but at the same time, I'm not sure we deserve to be three down. I remember, for example, a penalty getting given that I didn't think was one. No. And obviously, man in that incident with him. When yeah, they it got, should have been a red card. Yeah, so like there were certain instances in that game where, you know, there were. I'm not saying it was good, but, you know, maybe we were a little bit hard done by to be that far behind. But, um, look, I think it's a, football's an emotional game, and the problem is you get, in the heat of the moment, people do sometimes lose their head, but if you ask them, but for their thoughts two hours later you might get a more rational opinion you might get frustration but not as much and you know like that you won't get like what Martin did after the Birmingham game last year where we surrendered at the end and he was he was livid and I was thinking to myself well you've got to just calm down sometimes and you and just accept the the reality of the situation that's um a Twitter blackout you know, from five till seven That'll yeah. be all right, wouldn't it? Well, you can, you can come on at seven and slag everyone off if you, yeah, if you still that, feel that way. It'd probably do everybody some good in some ways, wouldn't it? But, um, you know, I think, as you say, I mean, be I'm, I'm looking at it as we've got Plymouth, I think, on the 6th of October. At that point, there's a two-week break. You know, at that, we, we'd be easily at least 10 games in by then, probably more like 12. I think that's a point where you can maybe judge everything as more of a whole. I'm not saying at that point, if things are going badly, you would sack a manager or anything. But you can make a general opinion then, I think, on what we've seen. Are we seeing an improvement? Are we, are we getting the best yeah. out of what we got? What's, you know, are we picking the, the correct players and all stuff like that? Because, obviously, we, we don't know how things are going to pan out the next few weeks. Obviously, we've you know we've, we've brought in a left-back. We think a centre-back's coming in. But are people going to go? And if people go, are more then going to come in? I mean, you know, there's another, I think there's another two league games before the um, window closes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got a League Cup game as well. That'll be an opportunity for minutes and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's, you just have to be patient. People don't like it, I know. And they, the, the truth is, if you don't want patience, then 
the best thing to do is just to pack up and to go and watch Man City, City every City, week. It? Yeah. Because, you know, that, or that buy is... Or Nick or something. But, but even then, I mean, I would always use the example of Pep, as much as he's been incredibly successful in his career, his first season at Man City, even though he spent a lot of money, wasn't great, was it? No. You know, they, they got nowhere near winning the league. So, you know, even well, they... Arteta right up until last season. Yeah, exactly. Arteta was trying to build something and it wasn't great. And then, you know, all of a sudden it sort of clicked and I know it didn't end great, but... You know, um, you know, it, it, you know, you'd have to say Arsenal this year. Everyone certainly expects top four, don't they? They yeah. might not expect them to win the league, yeah. but they expect top four. And I mean, Alex Ferguson for me is probably still the greatest manager ever. He's close to getting sacked previously, wasn't he at Man United? It could have happened. Yeah, it took him. Klopp at Liverpool. Yeah, slow start. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's it does take time. These things, especially. But he's one of those things, isn't it? You just look at it and you go. I know it's very rich of me to put Arteta, Guardiola and Klopp in the, in the same yeah. sentence when talking with Michael Duff, and that's not my intention at all. But it's a sense of whatever you're trying to do, if you're trying to change what we're doing to make it better, it's not going to happen overnight. But do you remember Martinez? Like, and to be fair yeah. to him, there was a really good impact when he came in at the end of that 2006-07 season. Yeah. But then it was after that where Trundle had gone. I mean, instead of playing four four two, we decided we were going to go with a four five one or four three three, whatever you want to call it. And we were quite slow to start. We were in the middle until about October, and next thing you know, we I think we went to Leighton oh. Orient and scored five, went to Bournemouth and scored four, and we just went on a ridiculous run, and then we ended up winning the league. I'm not saying that that's what we're going to do or anything like that. But, but October's a nice barometer, yeah, isn't but, it? But it's showing that even probably one of the best managers that we've ever had, and certainly one of our most successful seasons. Mm. It did take that little while to to sort of get going. I mean, we, you know, we were a bit sluggish. We were we had some good results and some bad ones. So, you know, that, that does show you that you really can't be judging early on, and you've got to be patient. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone you're excited to look at and see on Saturday? Anyone you want to see in the team? I think Patino should come in. Um, I'd be tempted to bring Janelli in as well, if I'm honest. I think we just need to liven it up a little bit, don't we? I mean, yeah. I, you know, maybe Janelli's not fit enough to play a full game. I don't know, but. I do think we've got to liven up from the start, and we—that's the way of looking. Yeah. I don't want to see this passiveness anymore. I want to see a couple more players in the team that would maybe look to make things happen. And um, you know, I think certainly the would you take would. would you take Fulton out to get Patino in? Yeah, possibly. Allen in that team as well. I don't know if I would put Allen in at this stage. I mean, I, I still think Allen maybe in our best team. He, he might start in our best team if he's fit, but I'm not sure I would at this stage. I mean. You know, I said on last week's pod, I think Grimes could go, and I could see a situation then where maybe you have like Allen and Patino together uh, deeper, and then maybe someone a little bit further forward, if, and like Janelli maybe a Perot if he's still yeah, or, 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 yeah, all that. So you know, I, I could see that that situation maybe, but um, you know, I, I think Fulton is maybe someone I would look to to take out, and then you know, if you know, Joe on um, is gonna. Maybe he'll come in on the weekend just to give us that better balance at left back, maybe instead of Ashby and Key go to the other side. And again, maybe Humphreys will come in. It'd be interesting if he comes in. Who does drop out? Because it's for me. I don't think he will do that though. Like no. no, I'm not convinced. So you know, that's the I I do tend to agree with that. I think because I think you're gonna have then. Yeah, uh, Humphreys is playing on the left side of defence, isn't he? Or I, left side I of think the three. so. And then you're gonna have. Wood, Cabango and Darling. You're going to have to have a right one there, which I think Darling would fit the profile of. What I don't want to have with Darling is him left one-on-one with the man like he did on Saturday because he's not he's not the best in that. He's better on the ball, so I'd like to yeah. see him on the ball in the centre of the three. Um, but, look, Duff should have probably changed that 
Cabango situation after about 15 minutes on Saturday. Yeah, he should have, but um, yeah, it was certainly by half time, but yeah, unfortunately he didn't, did he? There's a few there that are they're probably in the in the in the in the breach of where you'd say they could come out to that team, and there's players who you're excited about potentially coming into that team, but ultimately it's about how we approach the game, isn't it? Because I mean, it, we could have had prime Leo Messi on the pitch against uh, against West Brom on the weekend. He's not doing much when we're not passing the ball, we're not doing anything, we're just kicking out to touch. Yeah, he'd have been quite, um, you know, isolated, wouldn't he? I think if he'd uh, been in the team, so we. That's the, we're definitely looking for, aren't we, a better start, I would yeah, say. Yeah. I don't want to see another crap first half. A better start, a better performance, positivity, um, new players again. Uh, it's still the start of the season. It's still exciting. Let's get those three points on the board. Let's not lose our shit if one thing doesn't go to plan because it's still so early on. Let's come back to that conversation Mid-October, Steve said the international break comes in then. If we're still talking about this issue then, then yes, it's all valid. But for now, just enjoy it. It's a transition. It's going to take time. And let's hope that the Michael Duff era starts kicking off with three points on Saturday. From me and Steve, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.